Welcome to the Cowboys Beat audio podcast, streaming live on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network, where we talk about everything related to America's team. Prescott got a carry. And reach, flip, sets up first and goal at the... Hosted by none other than Chris K. Third and seven, blitz coming, Prescott in trouble, lofting it to the corner. You may know him from his work on TikTok, but now he's taking over the podcasting world. We're not here just to take part, we're here to take over. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Yo, what's going on guys? Welcome to the Cowboys Beat Podcast for July 10th, 2023. And on today's episode, we're going to be going over Joy Taylor's terrible take about Dak Prescott. We're going to be responding to that. We're also going to be going over some year two players that I think could be in for a big season this upcoming season. But before we do that, if you haven't already, if you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure to hit that thumbs up and subscribe. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you may be listening to this to, Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. That would be greatly appreciated. Five stars would be awesome. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. Last week on Speak on FS1, they were talking about Dak Prescott and if this was a make or break season for Dak Prescott. And Joy Taylor responded with a take where she said that Dak Prescott isn't very talented. I have the clip loaded up. We're going to react to this. Let's get into it. But Joy, what do you need to see from Dak Prescott this season? A miracle. If I said, what do you need to see from Kirk Cousins this year, would you be like, nah, we're not doing that today? Stupid. Joy, come on. I know it's 4th of July, but like we got other stuff to talk about. You stupid. Dak Prescott is not that talented. We've seen that. He's good enough to get the team to the playoffs. Kirk does that. He's good enough to win a playoff game. Kirk does that. He's good enough to have a high-flying offense, good regular season record, win a division. And all those things are, are inherently good things. They make you a franchise quarterback. You will get paid doing that. You will get endorsements doing that. You will be the face of a franchise doing that. But we don't have to talk about you as if you are a Super Bowl contender doing that. Clarify. Okay, so she literally just described a talented quarterback when she was trying to say that Dak Prescott isn't a talented quarterback. So let's go over some of the things that she said. She said that, He's good enough to get a team to the playoffs, uh, that he's good enough to win a playoff game. He's good enough to have high-flying offenses. He's good enough to have a good regular season record, and he's good enough to win a division. That sounds like a talented quarterback that she just described. So she just disproved her own take right after you know she said it. So I just think that that's ridiculous that you go ahead and describe a talented quarterback after saying somebody isn't talented. She comes from the school of Colin Cowherd, and basically, you know, Colin Cowherd looks at guys like Justin Herbert and uh, Josh Allen, and they they look at their arm strength and their arm talent, and that's how they describe a talented quarterback. You do know that Dak Prescott has a very good arm. Actually, he's able to use that arm within the game as well. When you look at that third and 30 that they converted against the Philadelphia Eagles, that was a big play that Dak Prescott made. You do know that the ball traveled 60 yards, over 60 yards in that game, like within a game, not just in warmups, him just throwing the ball, launching the ball down the field. This was in a game. He threw the ball 60 yards down the field. Tell me how that's not talented. I mean, there were plays in this season where Dak Prescott was able to evade a sack to make a big play down the field due to the fact that he is talented. 
Dak Prescott is a talented quarterback. You have to be a talented quarterback to get a, a, a contract the size that Dak Prescott got. Like now, yes, Daniel Jones, I think uh, uh, average per year is making as much as Dak Prescott, but this was but this was a few years ago when Dak Prescott signed that contract. That was when $40 million was a lot for a quarterback. Okay, so Dak Prescott got that quarterback because, or got that contract because he is a talented quarterback. You have to be a talented quarterback to be able to win divisions. You have to be able to, to be a talented quarterback to have high-flying offenses. Some of the plays that Dak Prescott makes, you have to be talented to make those plays. And you want to know what? It's always the people that never played the game that sit around and say, this person's not that good, and that person's not that good, and this person's not talented. Because see, here's the thing. I played sports growing up, not just football, but multiple sports growing up. And I didn't make it in these sports. I'm not going to front. I didn't make it to the Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three level. I didn't even go to college. Okay, um, I understand how talented these guys are that play on the next level, that play in college, that play at a high level on the high school level, let alone the NFL level. Like you have to be incredibly talented to get to that level and to get to the level that Dak Prescott is at, where he is a top ten quarterback, arguably a top five quarterback in the league. I think he's a top five quarterback in the league, in my personal opinion. You have to be talented to do that. So the fact that she's saying that he's not that talented is just a ridiculous statement. Let's go forward with the rest of this clip. Buy something for me and for the viewers because some Cowboys fan at home is going to clip off this quote. Dak Prescott is not that talented. When you say that talented, what are you saying? To get to an NFC championship game. Forget talking about a Super Bowl. Get to an NFC championship game. Dak has been the reason why they have lost multiple years against the same team. So I, I think Dak is a, a great face of an organization. I think he does a tremendous job being the face of the Dallas Cowboys, which I think is an actually a very difficult thing to do right. outside of just what you have to do between the lines. Hmm. I think he's talented enough to win regular season games, to win the division, to put up big numbers, to get to the playoffs, to win a playoff game. He's done all of those things. But we talk about this team like they should be Super Bowl contenders. Why? Do we talk about the Vikings like they're Super Bowl contenders? No, we don't. We don't. Because they get to the postseason and they disappoint. And why do they get He's disappointed stupid. in the postseason? Hmm. I bet Slick has the answer. Stupid. <laughs> I feel stupid. like I'm listening to a eulogy. <laughs> stupid. Joel, what do you need to see from Dak Prescott? Turn that off. All right, Miracle. turn that off. Turn that off. We're done. We're done. We're not listening to that again. So she said, why do we talk about the Cowboys like they're Super Bowl contenders? They're the Vikings. They're not. They're two completely different teams. Okay, let's talk about this, right? The Cowboys are a team that went on the road last year and won a playoff game, okay? Oh, well, the Buccaneers weren't that good. Okay, the Buccaneers won one last game than the New York Giants. You know that, right? They won one last game. And not only that, they went to Minnesota and beat them, okay? So, you know, people like to discredit that game that Dak Prescott had in Tampa Bay. Well, guess what? I saw the Minnesota Vikings lose against the New York Giants at home to a team that only won one more game than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And not only that, <laughs> they rested their starters in week 18, I think it was. Granted, the, the Giants did as well, but they played the Eagles. They, they probably were going to be, uh, beat the Eagles if they would have played their starters. So that's something to take into consideration. We talk about the Cowboys like they're Super Bowl contenders because they are Super Bowl contenders. They have one of the three best defenses in football. I think, from a talent perspective, the best defense in football. That's a big reason why. We talk about them as Super Bowl contenders because they have a really good offense. Their offense is way better than Minnesota, and their quarterback's better than Minnesota's as well. Way better, I think. 
That's why we talk about the Cowboys like they're Super Bowl contenders. I know she doesn't know players like Donovan Wilson and J. Ron Curse and you know, Oso Digizua, you know, guys that casual football fans don't know about because she's a casual football fan. That's what she is. You hear her talk, you know, he doesn't win football games. Ah. Well, actually he does. Like, like literally there was a clip that went around because I posted it on TikTok. It, by the way, if you don't follow me on TikTok, make sure to follow me over there. She said, uh, uh, you know, uh, that Matt Stafford was better than Dak Prescott, which is a fair take. Matt Stafford's a really good quarterback. I think a really good quarterback. But then again, Matt Stafford wasn't good this past season and he missed damn near the entire season. And like Emmanuel Acho said in the clip, uh, he's Dak Prescott's more consistent than Matt Stafford. So she was saying that, you know, all Dak Prescott does is lose and throw interceptions. And basically Emmanuel Acho swatted that down. He was just like, what are you talking about? He's never, he's never had a losing season in his entire career. You know, so it's it's stuff like that where you see from Joy Taylor where it's just like, all right, not only are you a casual, but you got completely swatted down when you tried to put forward a false narrative. And, uh, you know, it, it just wasn't true. So let's talk about Doc and Kirk Cousins. I hate even comparing the two because there is no comparison in my personal opinion. I think when you look at them from a skill perspective, because let's, let's break down these quarterbacks. Let's actually talk real football here. When you look at how Doc and Kirk play, Dak's more accurate on all three levels of the field. He has a better deep ball. Uh, 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 he's better in the pocket. His footwork within the pocket is fantastic. I put his footwork in the pocket up there with guys like Mahomes and Joe Burrow. I'm not saying that he's better than those guys with his footwork in the pocket, but the way he's able to move, maneuver within the pocket, evade pressure, uh, he's more athletic than him. He's able to pick up yards on the ground. You know, like Dan Orlovsky actually made a great point. Oh my God, I'm, I can't even believe that I'm agreeing with Dan Orlovsky. He was saying that Doc, or, uh, uh, Kirk Cousins is a statue within the pocket. He is a pure pocket passer. That's not Dak Prescott. Okay, when a play when a play breaks down, Dak Prescott is able to leave the pocket and make something happen. Dak Prescott's way better against the blitz than Kirk Cousins. Dak Prescott is one of the best quarterbacks in the league against the blitz. Over the past two seasons, you want to know who has led the NFL in touchdown passes against the blitz? It was Dak Prescott and it was uh, Patrick Mahomes. And not only that, Dak Prescott missed more games than Patrick Mahomes. So they're tied for touchdowns versus the blitz, and Dak Prescott played less games than Patrick Mahomes. But since we want to bring up the wins being a quarterback stat thing, because I, I, I do want to combat her argument with her logic, Dak Prescott in six completed seasons has three division titles. They've been to the playoffs four times in six seasons that he completed. One of those seasons um, uh, was 2017, where Ezekiel Elliott was out for six games, I believe it was. And they still went nine and seven. They would have made the playoffs that year if Ezekiel Elliott was there for the entire year. And they had one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL, maybe the worst, which is why they ended up trading for Amari Cooper. Okay. Uh, Kirk Cousins in eight completed seasons, because I'm going to be fair here, because yes, Kirk Cousins has been in the league for 11 seasons, but he's only completed eight of those seasons as a starter, uh, has two division titles. And one of those division titles that he got was when the NFC East was horrible back in 2015 when Romo uh, went out in 2015. The Cowboys probably would have won that division that year. Uh, that was the year that they ended up drafting Ezekiel Elliott. You know, and I know this because when you take the previous season back in 2014, the Cowboys were the best team in that division. They made the playoffs. They were 12 and four. The uh, following season, Romo gets hurt and uh, I think they win three games that year, but they still probably win that division. If uh, if Roma was the starting quarterback, and then the following season they have a competent starting quarterback with Dak Prescott, who actually played very well his rookie season. So 
Uh, they ended up winning 13 games that year. They went to the divisional round, obviously, because they got the first round by. And that's another thing. Over the course of six completed seasons for Dak Prescott, he has been in the divisional round three times. So when she says that Dak Prescott isn't talented enough to lead the Cowboys to an NFC championship, not even just a Super Bowl, an NFC championships, that that's ridiculous. You want to know why? Because the Cowboys have rebuilt over the course of Dak Prescott's career. When you look at the core that they had in 2016, who was the core? It was Dak, it was Zeke, it was uh, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, Tyron Smith, Demarcus Lawrence. Those were uh, Sean Lee as well. That was the core of the Cowboys back in that season. Now, when you look at the core of the Cowboys, it's Dak, it's Micah, it's Trayvon Diggs, it's CeeDee Lamb, it's Tony Powered, it's Tyler Smith, it's still Zach Martin. That's another guy that's still around. The core of this team has changed. They have rebuilt over the course of Dak Prescott's career. So I really, you know, like when you're looking at Dak Prescott ever since that ankle injury. So in 2021, they made the playoffs. They got to the first round. Okay, they lost in the first round. Not the ideal outcome. No doubt about it. But I don't necessarily think that Dak Prescott was bad in that game. I don't think he was good in that game. But you also have to consider the circumstances. That team uh, committed 14 penalties that game. There were third downs that the Cowboys converted on. That got called back because of penalty. So that's something that you have to take into consideration. Like when a team commits 14 penalties, I'm not looking at the quarterback and saying you have to play better. I'm looking at the team and I'm saying we have to play better because that was a team effort. And I would even say uh, this past season, Dak played bad. There's no fans or buts about it. I'm not making any excuses for him. Okay, but there are other things that happened throughout the course of that game. You want to know who else could have played better in that game? Trayvon Diggs. Love Trayvon Diggs. Think he's one of those one of those guys at that cornerback position. He could have played better that game as well. You know, there were other guys who could have played better. Dalton Schultz could have played better that game. Kellen Moore could have called a better game. It wasn't just Dak Prescott. Okay, and and the offense, they were doing some things in that first half when they had Tony Pollard in the game. When Tony Pollard left that game, now you're taking an explosive player off in an offense that lacked explosive players. The only person that really pushed the envelope on that offense for them when Tony Pollard went down was C.D. Lamb. So you can call it excuses all you want. I'm just saying I think the reason why they lost that playoff game was Dak playing bad, Kellen calling a bad game, and the offense just as a whole outside of C.D. Lamb just not playing up to par. Um, But still, Dak Prescott has played in six playoff games compared to Kirk Cousins' four playoff games. You know, so they got in as a wild card back in 2020. And it was actually 2019. So one thing that I think she didn't want to bring up because it would have hurt her argument is that um, Kirk Cousins back in 20, I think it was 2018, they were coming off that season where they made the NFC Championship game. They brought in Kirk Cousins because they be, they believed that we were a quarterback away and Kirk Cousins is the guy to take us uh, to the Super Bowl. They won eight games that following season. So their team got worse when Kirk Cousins became the quarterback of that team. If we're going to go off wins or quarterback stat. And this is no hate on Kirk Cousins. I think that Kirk Cousins is way better than people give him credit for. I really do. So, like, the whole narrative that Dak is Kirk Cousins, who's more athletic and who can run, like, that means that Dak Prescott is a really good quarterback. Because I think that Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, but I believe he's limited due to the fact that he's not mobile, that he's not good at evading pressure, uh, that he can't use his legs as a weapon. Dak Prescott can do all those things. But also, Dak Prescott is a better pocket passer as well. 
I think there is a gap between the two. I don't think they're comparable. And I think if people are just going to compare them based off stats, I think that that's just a casual football take. So um, one thing that she talks about as well um, is that, you know, Kirk Cousins has led high-powered offenses and whatever it may be. So Kirk Cousins has never led a top five offense over the course of his career. He's completed eight seasons. He's never led a top five offense. Dak Prescott, uh, on the other hand, has led three top five offenses. And one of the years back in 2019, I believe they were sixth in points per game because I judge offenses by points per game. You want to know why I do that? Because the most important stat for an offensive coordinator is how many points you put on the board. Okay. So um, to me, or offense, just offense is all offensive coordinator, offense, whatever it may be. So he, he probably should have had four seasons where he had a top five offense, but he had three. So in six seasons that he completed, he had three top five offenses. They were going to be on pace to be a top five offense back in 2020 before he hurt his ankle before that bad injury. So I just think, like, look, here's the thing. She's disrespectful. Um, she's disrespectful towards the Cowboys. And you can tell that there is legitimate hate towards the Cowboys with Joy Taylor. Like she legitimately does not like that team. She doesn't like this quarterback and that's fine. It is what it is. Just stop saying that you're objective about this football team. Okay. She, she despises this football team and that's again, that's fine, but stop saying that you're spitting facts when, when you're talking about this football team, stop acting like you're an objective journalist. And if you're actually going to bring up uh, an, an argument, make sure that you have facts to back it up other than just saying he's Kirk Cousins. Like, can you actually bring up like tangible evidence to suggest that he's Kirk Cousins other than just, oh, uh, their stats are identical. Stats do not tell the full picture for a quarterback. There are seasons where Kirk Cousins had better stats than Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers was just a better player. Stats do not tell the full story, okay? Because a lot of, uh, of when it comes to stats has to do with what are you surrounded by? If you're surrounded by Justin Jefferson, well, yeah, you should put up big numbers. If you have Adam Thielen and TJ Hawkinson and Dalvin Cook coming out of the backfield, you should put up big numbers. But, you know, it is what it is. Look, I'm not going to spend too much more time on that just ridiculous take. Um, it was bad. It was disrespectful. And I think that us as Cowboys fans just need to completely uh, uh, stop listening to this lady. You know, I, I it, it's a shame because I really do like Emmanuel Acho. I think he's very fair. I think he's actually really good in the way he approaches, uh, you know, his approach to the game of football. So I think that he's really good. And 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 it sucks that I'm saying don't watch his show because I do believe he's legitimately talented and he understands the game of football. But, you know, Joy Taylor, it, she she just brings down the show so much that I, I just can't. And you want to know what really aggravates me? Like I work 50 hours a week, you know, at my full-time job. I come home, I create content. I go to the gym. I barely have enough time to sleep at night. Um, yet I still have enough time to watch tape and dive deep into these games and understand what's going on in these games. So what's her excuse? Can she not watch film? Does she not have access to it? How do I have access to it? And she doesn't have access to it. She's the one that gets paid to talk about sports. I mean, granted, I do get paid as well, but not nearly to the level, not even, not even, not even close to what she gets paid. She probably gets paid more than what I do at my full-time job. So there's no excuses as to have a take like this and have really nothing to back it up other than just his team loses. He didn't play good in this game. And it's just ridiculous. All right, I'm done. I'm done talking about her. 
So I want to go over the top three second-year players that I think will have the biggest leap this upcoming season, and I think we should start this list out at number three. Now, granted, this is more so, it's not saying that these are going to be the best second-year players on this team. I'm talking about what did they do their rookie year, what are they going to do their second year, and compare the difference between the two seasons. At three, I have Tyler Smith, and here's the reason why. I think that Tyler Smith was a good offensive tackle last season. I think that he's going to turn into a really good offensive lineman this upcoming season, whether it be at, at a left tackle or left guard. I think that he's going to be looked at as one of the better young uh, offensive linemen in the league. I already think that he is looked at as that, but I mean, I'm talking about, I think he's going to enter that conversation behind guys like Tristan Wirfs and Landon Dickerson and guys like that. Um, uh, Rashawn Slater as well. I think he'll enter into that conversation of offensive linemen. Now, you know, Tyler Smith had a very... Uh, good rookie season for what we expected from him. I think if this was Tyron Smith that played as well as Tyler Smith did last season, we would be having questions about him because Ty, uh, Tyron Smith is a guy that we have higher expectations about than Tyler Smith. N not anymore, not anymore, but I'm just talking about going into last season. I think Tyron Smith was a guy that we had higher expectations about. But, you know, Tyler Smith was still a good left tackle in the National Football League, around that top 10 range of offensive tackles, probably outside of the top 10. But even still, as a rookie, this guy is only going to ascend. I mean, this guy was the youngest player in the 2022 NFL draft. Okay, he's only 22 years old. So we're going to talk about more uh, about Tyler Smith in the offensive line episode, but I just... I was really impressed by what I saw his first season. And not only that, this is a guy who got asked to play guard uh, throughout training camp. He trained at guard throughout training camp, and then Tyron Smith got injured. They had no plan to replace Tyron Smith, which was absolutely ridiculous, I thought, because how could you rely on Tyron Smith after he showed you that he isn't a guy that you should rely upon? But Tyron Smith went in there and really had the Cowboys back. He played very good for what I believe we expected him to play. So I think that next season we're going to look at him and be like, okay, not only are you just good for being a second-year player, you're one of the best offensive linemen in the entire league. And I think he's going to be very good at left guard, and I think he should stay at left guard. We're going to talk about this more later. He should stay at left guard. If they're, you know, if they're going to roll with this lineup of Tyron Smith playing left tackle and Tyler Smith playing left guard, do a one-for-one -one switch if Tyron Smith gets hurt. You know, don't shuffle guys all throughout the offensive line. Find a suitable backup uh, left tackle for Tyron Smith. But yeah, I I have a lot of expectations about Tyler Smith. I think the the thing that I want to see more improvement on from Tyler Smith this upcoming season is what he's going to do in pass protection because he is a very good run blocker, right? We all know this, but there were some games this past season. The one that comes to mind is the New York Giants where he just flat out struggled. But then there were also games like the San Francisco 49ers game where, I mean, he he did a very good job against Nick Bosa, so much so that they moved Nick Bosa to the other side of the defensive line. That's how good Tyler, or yeah, Tyler Smith did on Nick Bosa. So, yeah, impressive uh, young player, impressive young man, and I think that he's only going to get better. And I think this upcoming season he's going to be solidified as one of the better offensive tackles in the league. Sam Williams comes in at number two on my list. I think that just stat-wise, I think that he'll probably have about eight sacks next season. And if he's able to do that for this defense, that will be huge. Now, here's the thing, though. Sam Williams isn't just a pass rusher. This is a guy that's going to be able to set the edge against the run. He's a very good run defender. We saw that from his rookie season. Now, he played half as many snaps as Demarcus Lawrence did, yet, up, yet he 
ended up with one less tackle for loss. Demarcus Lawrence is a fantastic run defender. He's, st he's still a fantastic player overall. So that tells you something about Sam Williams. He made the most out of his snaps in his rookie season. And to me, Sam Williams could potentially unlock the Cowboys defense. And the reason why I say this is because if he's able to be a player on the defensive end opposite of Demarcus Lawrence, you're going to be able to play Micah Parsons off ball. And I think that the one place on this defense that really scares me is depth at linebacker. But if you're able to have Micah Parsons play more snaps as an off-ball linebacker, that's going to be huge for this defense. That's going to be very big for this defense. I think that Micah Parsons, if he were to just stand up and be an off-ball linebacker, he'd be the best in the league. And he's already damn near one of the best defensive ends in the league, if not the best. So that tells you something about the type of player that Micah Parsons is. But Sam Williams, yeah, there's high expectations on him because in the limited sample size that we saw, we saw some real flashes from this guy. Now, one thing that I think he just needs to tone down a little bit, not all, all the way, um, I think he needs to be smarter about him being aggressive. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think that came out right, but you know what I'm saying. Um, he is a guy that plays with a very high motor and sometimes it's too high to the point where he gets penalized for being very aggressive. Um, and you need that on this defense. And it's great that you need to tone that down instead of telling somebody, Hey, you need to be more physical. You need to have, you need to play with more of an edge. So the fact that you have to tell somebody who plays with a little bit too much of an edge that they have to turn it down a bit is actually more ideal than somebody who you have to say, Hey, play with more of an edge. So, yeah, I'm high on Sam Williams going into this season, and I think that, yeah, he could unlock this defense. There's no doubt about it. Coming in at number one for players that I believe is, are going to take the biggest second-year jump is going to be Jake Ferguson. The main reason why I believe this is because he's going to be the asked to be the main guy in the tight end room. The Cowboys trust in Jake Ferguson, and I know this because they moved on from Dalton Schultz because they had that faith in Jake Ferguson. Now, I know they also have Peyton Hendershot in that room, and I think that Peyton Hendershot is going to be a guy that could potentially make a big leap in year two. But when you look at Jake Ferguson, he's more of that tight end that the Cowboys look for, right? Steven Jones was on the radio before saying that they like that Y end line type of tight end. That's something that Jake Ferguson provides for this offense. Now, I think that Mike McCarthy is going to get the best out of Jake Ferguson. I think that, you know, we talked about Kellen Moore and how he leaves uh, meat on the bone, meaning he does not get the best out of his players. And I think that there was a lot of meat left on the bone when it came to Jake Ferguson. I mean, every time this guy caught the ball, it seemed like he would just uh, make a catch and get about 20 yards of uh, uh, yards after catch. I mean, it, it, every single time, and it was always in big moments as well, I feel like. So this is a guy that has shown that he can perform under pressure, and I understand why the Cowboys moved on from Dalton Schultz now. And I think in this offense, in this West Coast offense, I think Jake Ferguson is going to uh, have a very big season for the Cowboys compared to what he had in his rookie season. Again, like Jake Ferguson had, I believe, around 170 yards in his rookie season. So if he goes from 170 to 600, that is a massive leap. I would consider that a breakout season, no doubt about it. But that's going to be it for the episode, though, guys. If you enjoyed the episode, please make sure to hit that like button if you're watching this on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe as well. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever it may be, please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. Five stars would be greatly appreciated, and I will see you guys in the next episode. No! She, she wasn't ready! She wasn't ready! Thank you for listening to the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review.
We'll, we'll see, see you next, next time, time on the, on the Cowboys, Cowboys Beat, Beat Audio, Audio Podcast. Podcast.